Hello and welcome to the newest edition of Pro Pharma Talks. Today we'll, we will be talking about vaping. And uh, before we get into that, I'd like to remind you to like, review, and subscribe. Hello and welcome to the newest edition of Pro Pharma Talks. My name is Alex Hernandez. Alongside me as always is Dr. Craig Stern. And our topic for today is vaping. It's very much into the, in the news right now. Um, a lot of states are considering legislation on vaping. Um, I believe Minnesota, right? Minnesota? Oh, Michigan. Michigan recently put a temporary ban on, on vaping. And it leaves a lot of people wondering why. Because vaping was supposed to be the more healthy alternative to smoking, as far as I understand it. Yeah. It was vaping, you using water, and with some nicotine and depending on your vape pen, of course, because there's some of those uh, extracurriculars out there that like to get creative with their vape pens. But nonetheless, we're talking about vaping in general, and don't get any ideas. All right, so what is vaping for those that don't don't know exactly what it is? Yeah, um, we, we picked this time. Actually, I picked the topic for everybody this time mm-hmm. because it is so much in the news. And the question was, What's the difference between vaping and uh, smoking of regular cigarettes? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the issue that is creating such a concern? At least two people have died this year because of vaping. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the question is, is how does this work? And we'll kind of put it all together. Bottom line here is this. Um, the, the vaping has been sold as a flavorful um, uh, response to smoking, where effectively... People don't smoke cigarettes. They can do vaping. It's mm-hmm. much better for you. It's healthier for people. You don't need and matches. You, you don't, don't need, need matches lighter. and all that. <laughs> and it's less toxins right. that you get from the nicotine in the cigarette. The reality of this is is, is that um, the, sci- the, the use of this has gotten way ahead of where the science is. Just recently, the FDA... Uh, was the one that came in and put some regulations on it. Before that, there were no regulations, so nobody knew what was in the the um, in the the little uh, capsule right. and the rest that was used for vaping. Nobody knew what the concentration was, etc. Bottom line here is this is kind of like a vaporizer. You have a medication in a liquid. Mm-hmm. You have a a vaporizer that heats up that mm-hmm. liquid creates a steam and you inhale the steam. Now typically with a vaporizer, you're doing it because you have pneumonia or you have uh, perhaps some uh, lung problems, emphysema, COPD, whatever, uh, that are using it. So you're getting medications in to try and deal with your lungs. In this particular case, you've got a, uh, a, a chamber where that has medication you have a heater and effectively the heater is working very quickly to vaporize that so that you're smoking uh that that uh um uh little capsule now what's in it what's in it is propylene glycol also um glycerol uh, some nicotine and then flavor propylene glycol is a measure that's uh, used in some um, a thickening agent for lax for laxation. You don't do it all the time, obviously. Right. Uh, only when you you have <laughs> laxative problems or something in preparation for certain kind of surgeries. Uh, glycerol is something <laughs> that 
Um, you don't normally ingest, although uh, some variants of glycerol are in some uh, particular um, uh, medications in very, very small amounts. Uh, but all of this is is packed into these little capsules that are being used in order to uh, vape this uh, information. So vaping is supposedly the alternative to smoking. Uh, science has been way behind it. They haven't studied it, one, because the FDA wasn't doing any regulations on it, right. and two, because it's relatively new. Uh, but at the end of the day, more and more of the science is coming out, and uh, uh, vaping is being related to myocardial infarcts or uh, heart attacks. It's being related to epilepsy or seizures. It's being related to other lung conditions. And we'll talk about what that means and what the pharmacology is of that. But that in general is what this is about. Right. Well, so they've been able to sell it. They don't need FDA approval to, in order to sell it. But the FDA does need to take time in order to test it. Yes. So how do you get around selling something that you don't necessarily need FDA approval and say that it's completely healthy. Well, you know, there, the, um, the marketplace is set up in a couple of ways. One is, is the um, prescription medications that are highly restricted, have a bunch of regulations, have to be tested with regard to expiration, mm -hmm. uh, effectiveness, and safety. Right. On the other side are over-the-counter things that when the FDA approves it, they're approving it only for safety. They're not approving it whether it works or not. They're approving it only for safety. So all those things that you get in the front of a pharmacy that are over the counter, those just need to be safe. Now, the good news is that many of those things were prescription at one time, prescription to over the counter. So you know that they work because at one time they were already tested to make sure that they were effective. Other things, on the other hand, are kind of remedies mm -hmm. that have been around a long time and, in, in effect, were never a prescription, but they have been tested to make sure that they're effective. The third group of things is where no testing has occurred at all. Uh, the FDA had no regulations on it. There were no requirements on it. You could make it effectively in a bathtub, for all that matters, but there would be different strengths of it depending on what was used depending on what kind of nicotine was, was used and where the source of it was, how much propylene glycol, how much glycol were in the product. Nobody knew it was wherever it came from. So there was a manufacturing problem and a problem that without regulation, nobody knew exactly what they were inhaling. Now there are some regulations, but this also is very new. Right. So yeah. uh, in what we're talking about, we're not talking about something where people have had to put everything through before they could sell it. This is a very new oversight and regulation to handle the problem. Right. So when, when the legislation starts to come up, when I, I know that um, certain cities around Los Angeles were thinking about banning um, vape pens and vaping and I think Calabasas was one of them because they've already banned smoking in that in their city. But now they want to also ban vaping. And they don't necessarily know how to go about it because not everybody knows exactly what's in it. So and that, that promotes another problem with society because you're selling things 
that you don't know what's in it, but you're able to sell it and also cast it off as a healthier alternative. And and I think that that eventually is going to go away, uh, hopefully right. sooner rather than later. Just to put this whole thing in perspective, there's about 10 million people in the United States who uh, smoke from the CDC. Mm-hmm. And those numbers may be much smaller than what they actually are. There are about... 500,000 or more people that die every year um, from smoking, from the impact of smoking with regard to its impact on lung, yeah. lung cancer, etc. Or so the long-term effects of smoking. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and this is not a, a simple thing. Now, the question is, where does vaping fit into this? If you look at a cigarette, a total cigarette is somewhere in the range of a milligram to a milligram and a half of... Um, nicotine. Um, The vaping, that little capsule, runs somewhere between 15 and 18 milligrams per ml of that vapor. So it's not just the whole thing. It's 15 to 18 milligrams for every ml of of that capsule. You're looking at 10 times what it is in a cigarette to what you're getting in in the vape. Mm -hmm. But for each ml of that vape, so from a yeah. pharmacology standpoint, you've got a much bigger concentration of nicotine plus all the other stuff that's in it. Um, that's number one. Number two is, is that, therefore, the problems of nicotine are magnified because you're dealing with something that has a concentration for every ml that's 10 times what you're going to be getting in a cigarette. The cigarette is not, is not necessarily good for you. Vaping with this kind of concentration at 10 times is also not any good for you, right. but it makes it even worse. That concentration leads to a lot of other problems, and that's where we need to talk next. Was the, was the argument against cigarettes mainly about nicotine, or was it about the other substances within it? Well, the main argument is about nicotine. Right. Um, however, um, there are other contaminants in it, and that was already a concern uh-huh. because you had to do a, a, some significant chemical testing to show all of the other contaminants that were in it. Right. Bottom line, though, is nicotine is the one that was dealing with it. And purely from a pharmacology standpoint, I know everybody will go to sleep here, but let me at least make it really simple. <laughs> What the issue here is the following. You're inhaling this nicotine, propylene glycol, glycol. You've got a flavor to it, so there's something that's attractive from a flavor standpoint. What this does is to dehydrate the lungs. Right now, the lungs are hydrated. They have water in them. It allows them to be flexible. It allows them to be able to uh, contract and, and deal with Uh, uh, air coming in, air going out, and deal with that. Anything that interferes with that becomes a problem. Well, at these concentrations and what we're giving, what it does is it dehydrates. It takes the water away. That means that the whatever is in the vapor doesn't easily move from the lungs to the blood or from the blood to the lungs because you've effectively begun to stop that movement. Right. That movement becomes a problem because then things tend to collect in the lungs. And when you have collection of these things, um, 
they stop oxidation that would normally be happening with air going back and forth. And right. as a result of that, we begin to see lung problems. We begin to see cancer. We begin to see myocardial infarcts because there's no transfer of air. Right. So the oxygen itself is not oxygenated, um, creating that problem. And then without air, also um, epilepsy or seizures, things like that. So there is a reason for it. And without getting overly complicated from the pharmacology standpoint, there's very real concerns about high concentration of nicotine, dehydration of what's going on in the lungs, and then to be fair, there's a whole bunch of the science that hasn't caught up with this at all. So there's a whole bunch of whatever's happening is not doing it. The New England Journal of Medicine just published a new issue uh, this week that has a whole listing of studies that are being done on vaping and identifying the risks and the problems of it. So the science is trying to catch up to where everybody is, but every time they look at it, the story is not a good so one. So we're, we're just getting started as far as understanding the problems with we vaping. Are. We are. So is, is this actually the same as smoking a cigarette? Is vaping the same thing? Well, the idea was is that you, could, you, you would effectively not have to smoke because you could get the benefits of vaping. Right. The reality of it is it is smoking, and it's smoking at a much higher concentration than what you would do with that. And the argument yeah. in smoking has always been, well, the addictive educate. There, it's addictive for sure. It's um, right. um, there's uh, websites for kids and the rest. They're all identifying it as poison. So all you're doing is inhaling poison, right? Uh, which is true. Um, but the other part of it that happens with smoking is is how do you get people to stop? Well, when you're dealing with getting people to stop, you educate them. You put them on programs. You give them some drugs, nic uh, Nicorette, things like that to chew or, or otherwise in order to try and stop to help uh, curb this, the to curb it. Yeah. But the biggest problem is something called recidivism, which effectively means that you stop, but you go back. Right. So, um, and, and recidivism has always been high for people who stop smoking. It's somewhere in the range of 65% or more. So you people say, stop. Go back, go back to smoking. Oh. So you stop smoking and then over a short period of time, you go back to smoking. Mm -hmm. um, that's the recidivism. And in general, uh, the arc, there's been multiple studies that have given multiple different numbers, but the numbers probably are in excess of 60% of people that go back. So you don't solve the problem. Right. You stop it, but then people go back to deal with it uh, and address it. And so education and all of those things are becoming just as important in vaping as they are in in uh, smoking, mm -hmm. uh, regular cigarettes, right. because all of the same problems occur. If you're inhaling a poison, um, uh, it's an addictive uh, poison. Then the question is, as well, this was supposed to stop you from dealing with regular smoking, but now what are you going to do when they're addicted to the vaping, and how are you going to get them off of that? And there's already been a lot of history about what to do. Not terribly effective, but still a history of it. Right. Education, uh, some uh, uh, Nicorette chewing gum. Advertisements. Advertisements, <laughs> all kinds of stuff. Right. Um, especially in people, you know, who, uh, they, it's always focused on people who are older, who had a high risk of heart attacks and the rest. But with this high concentration, they just don't have to be older people. It can be very young people, kids who are doing it. 
because it's attractive, tastes good, um, supposed to be better than smoking. The reality of it is it's no better. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, vaping is becoming more and more dangerous. If you're talking about the health effects, you're talking about it on a pharmacological level where you've got the health effects where you got more concentrated amounts of nicotine per capsule and versus a cigarette. And the main thing that uh, a lot of people used, especially when I was a kid, as far as cigarettes, was that the many smell. many years ago. A long time ago. A long <laughs> time ago. But they, they talked about cigarettes and how it, after smoking it, it made you smell. Or it made your teeth rot. Or whatever the case was that kept kids away from cigarettes, for the most part. Vaping doesn't seem to have that stigma attached to it. Well, it's too new. Um, mm-hmm. And clearly... Um, it's there. The problem I think that uh, people are trying to come up with to educate kids are um, because it's very popular because of taste and it's not really smoking and it's a vapor. And so the, scary part, the scary part is, as you said, kids, and we're talking kids as young as 11 years old. Oh, when, yeah. When you mentioned oh, yeah. Kids. Very young. It's very scary. Um, in fact, uh, pediatricians now are asking kids that are 10, 11 years old, do you vape? Uh, because it's becoming an issue in all of the medical societies to, uh, one, survey for it, talk to people about it, educate them about it, mm-hmm. and get them off of it. Right. But um, the other part of it, um, part of, I think, to be honest, is a scare tactic, but it's real, is that um, in vaping, uh, some of the same things happen that would happen in cigarettes, but because the concentration is so high, um, people are restless, they're anxious, um, there has been several cases of paranoia where people are looking around, they think people are watching them, people are looking at them, people are, mm-hmm. are dealing with it. There's been some depression. Clearly, some people are using marijuana other than nicotine, so they're getting all of the impact of marijuana besides that. There was a new study out that identified that a contaminant of the um, marijuana uh, was uh, vitamin E acetate. Well, Vitamin E is something people take. It's in uh, vit- multivitamins and the rest. <clears throat> it has one a particular uh, issue when you deal with it by taking it orally. But if you inhale it, once again, it's part of this whole process that's dehydrating the lungs. It's taking the water out of the lungs. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't want to do that. You don't that's dry where up you lungs, begin. Yeah. That dries up the lungs. That creates all the problems. You begin then in very young people to begin to see a patient who looks like they have COPD, um, mm-hmm. uh, um, and 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 our byproducts of that is that coughing maybe. Yes, certainly coughing. coughing, as well as things that some people have now with a concentration of diarrhea, vomiting, uh, in what goes on. So they're trying to they're emphasize. Not you're not singing. <laughs> oh, Alex. Um, they're, uh, uh, they're trying to emphasize some of these problems mm-hmm. so that uh, kids, for sure, and adults, don't think that this is something they can do without risk. There right. is risk. And because of the concentrations and what we've talked about, this risk is real. It's something that happens. Does it happen to 100% of the people? Clearly not. Right. Does it happen to a lot of people? Yeah. Yeah. And oh, one wow. of the reasons why we have uh, rates of heart attacks is because um, uh, smoking is an independent risk factor, as is, is, um, is weight, as mm-hmm. is lack of exercise. 
besides all of the other medical problems, these are independent risk factors. So if you don't die of one thing, you can medicate it, but if you're still smoking, that's an independent risk factor that's going to lead you down the road to a heart attack. So can some of the smoking, say smoking in a vape pen, because I, I believe it was smoking in cigarettes that has symptoms of making you want to be lethargic or just relax, calm down, and not really want to move. Do, yeah. do vapes seem, do people who vape tend to have that as well? Well, they have depression. Mm-hmm. And what we have to realize from a dose response standpoint is when you're dealing with 10 times the dose of the nicotine for every ml that they're vaping, so it's not just 10 times for the whole vape versus one cigarette. Mm-hmm. It's 10 times for every ml of what they're taking. So that certainly magnifies the fact that you may be lethargic, but what this does is take you from lethargy to depression. So we're talking about severe additional medical problems that people wouldn't have. In my world, it's drug-induced disease. Right. But you try and avoid, I mean, this is about prevention, because when you have drug-induced disease, your job is to try and figure out how to um, now get the person out of that situation if you can, Mm -hmm. or to treat them in order to handle it. In this particular case, because people are young, uh, people are older, they don't know what the risks are, you're trying to avoid it because you're not, you don't have a lot of good options when you have people who have heart attacks, who have cancer, who have epilepsy. Yes, you can treat the consequences of a heart attack. You can treat uh, um, cancer. You can treat epilepsy. Right. But depending on the the, um, progression of it, your outcome may not be very good. Yeah. I mean, it, it just goes to show it's more than just respiratory problems. Yes. There's mental health in here as well. Yes. It's it's very tough. And what are, what are some other things? You you mentioned epilepsy. Yes. You know, it could cause seizures. It, it can cause seizures. People. It right. can. Uh, certainly, um, there's reports now of heart attacks. Um, there's been, as I indicated, two deaths this year already. And especially and maybe if, you, more. if you're starting at 11, you can look at health problems at, what, 15, 16 years old? Yes, you can. And, and uh, something M asked me about yesterday is uh, in people who smoke, uh, in a general respect, you don't expect that they're going to have all the consequences in, in a year. Right. They're going to have cumulative effect, effects by smoking for a long period of time, 10, 15 years or longer. When you have concentrations that we're talking about in vaping, right. 10 times that for every ml, then the amount of time that it takes to vape versus smoke, you're going to see the consequences much faster than you do by waiting for 15 years or longer to see what the consequences are. So in that regard, that's the fear right now. Is there an epidemic of it? I don't know that there's an epidemic. Is there a major alert? Yes. Right. Is there a major concern? Yes. And are people trying to make sure that we're not spending our time over the next several years treating the consequences if people live mm-hmm. of the of the vaping, but rather to understand what it is so we can figure out how to do it. Bottom line is education, education, education. Right, and the, the problem before with regular cigarettes 
people caught on way too late. So I think with vaping, they're trying to catch on before it gets too serious. They right? are. They are. Right. So what are some interventions? What are some ways to curb this um, alert? Because we don't want to call it an epidemic yet because we don't think it's at that level. Well, but, the, the, yeah. the, I mean, it depends on what people call it. But bottom line right. here is the following. Uh, first, you have to you have to identify it. So part mm -hmm. of this is screening, asking kids, and certainly pediatricians are asking kids at younger ages now, do you vape? Uh, there's certainly issues with regard to adults with people vaping. That's number one. Mm -hmm. Number two, aside from, from identifying them, is education. You're trying to educate them. What is it? What are the consequences? What do you have to worry about it? Because there is a personal choice here. Mm -hmm. People may have made a personal choice to do this. The question is, do you really have an educated choice? Or is this just because it tastes good and it's a vapor, so it's like water? And, and effectively, right. um, uh, in some cases, it's not terribly expensive. That's what so, I hear a lot. It's like, it's just water. Yeah, like, well, yeah. it's a little bit more than that. And, and M was talking to us before we started talking about uh, people who the the um, uh, little chamber, the vapor, so it's not a big vaporizer like you put on a table and it vaporizes a room. This is a little thing that does it very quickly, can get very hot very fast, uh, can burn people. Mm -hmm. So we're, 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 there's multiple issues here, but bottom line here is education, education, education. And if people are addicted then clearly there are methods to try and do that. There are uh, nicotine gums. Uh, there right. are, are uh, uh, other um, uh, uh, dosage forms of nicotine to try and lower the concentration, lower the dose over like time. taper off, right? Taper it off and take it off. Clearly some people are very strong and they can stop just cold turkey and, mm -hmm. and just end it. That's probably the best thing that can happen. But for people who don't have that particular strong will, um, don't particularly feel that they can handle it, mm -hmm. there are a host of things to do. And in this case, what we've learned and what we're doing for people to stop smoking is not different than what we would do if people are addicted to vaping. Bottom line in, in, uh, in cigarette is education. Bottom line in vaping is education mm -hmm. it's not without risk bottom line it's is not stop it, it's yeah. prevention wow. it's not about stopping um uh, smoking and you can vape and therefore you don't have any of the consequences the reality of it is you do have consequences they happen faster the nicotine is at a higher concentration and effectively you're risking your life if you if you have a death wish then this is one way to address it well, that's a serious downer. It is a serious downer. <laughs> but um, well, one, one of the things I want to talk about, we brought up education. We also brought up how young they start. Should they start be te should they start teaching it in schools, talk about vaping? I don't know if they have enough information yet. They, but it, There's not a huge amount of science, but there's right. definitely a lot of information out there. Because um, I know they are teaching about the effects of cigarettes. Well, if they are, then they need yeah. to talk about vaping. Right. Um, the real issue here is um, is that they've got to start very early in the kids' education, make them understand it's a bad thing, 
just because it tastes good is not something to go rushing to. It's not an alternative to smoking. And yes, they need to educate as quickly and as early as they can. It's crazy to think about seventh grade, 11-year-olds can look at vaping. Yeah. That's, that's very scary. Well, anyways, on that note, <laughs> any, any, any last things you'd no, like to mention? No, uh, education, education, education. People need to talk to their kids. Mm -hmm. uh, people, uh, educators need to let them know. Doctors need to screen. Bottom line is vaping is not a better alternative than smoking. It has its own risks. This is really serious stuff. You're gambling with your life. Yes, and education is part of the reason why we're doing this here. Yes. Like, we, all this you just mentioned about vaping, I had no idea about. I, I was literally taking people at their word, talking about how it's just water, it's just vapor, and it's flavorful, so it's fun. But really, it really does take a, its toll, especially on your lungs. Yes. Probably the most important part of your body, other than your heart. Yes. Our brain, so brain is pretty important. Well, we want to protect your brain, <laughs> Well, <laughs> some things are just too far gone. <laughs> well, anyways, that's it for today's episode. Um, if you had any questions or comments, please feel free to reach out to us. We're um, on all the social media sites, Facebook, Instagram. You can find us there. Um, also, visit ProPharmaConsultants.com. We have a free information page called RxInfoX. It has uh, cool little graphs and a ticker full of drug prices that are updated weekly and um, information from various healthcare sources that with articles may include vaping and other healthcare topics. Um, anything else you'd like to mention? No, I think that's the main thing. Thanks so much for uh, listening. Yes, and um, also Dr. Stern writes articles on, uh, you can find that at our Pharmacy Benefit News um, if you'd like to get in, in touch with our mailer or be part of our mailing system, we we do have that for emails. We can send you articles. Is it weekly, bi-weekly? Um, our Pharmacy Benefit News is bi-weekly. Bi-weekly. Um, and they can certainly send it to the ProPharma page, and we'll add them to the mailing list. Yes, and um, we will. that's it for today, and we'll be back next week. <laughs>